This is a Kirkendall Barrett presentation, darling. <laughs> you can touch it if you want. Ladies, if you want to meet a man, check your storage closet. Come on, Kendall, take off your shirt and go camera shopping at Best Buy. Good shirtless, not bad shirtless. Yeah. Well, it was gratuitous. Yeah, it was. I like a good grizzled man sometimes. A lifetime of Hallmark. Well, hello, everybody. It is your favorite day of the week. It is time for another episode of A Lifetime of Hallmark, where we talk about movies on Lifetime, the Hallmark Channel, and other places, too, and try to make sense of them. I'm Les Kirkendall Barrett. Hello, Jason Bauer. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett. And hello, Kurt Fitzpatrick. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett, and hello, Jason Bowers. Okay, so... Kurt sounds really mellow there, and he was coming in hot right before we started recording. Kurt Kurt was coming in very hot right before we started recording. (laughs) Well, this is my smooth radio voice I'm doing now. Oh, okay. Love songs on the coast. That's right, here we go. But why are you mad? Why was I mad? Yeah. Well, I don't. I wasn't mad. You were fired up. <laughs> yeah, you were. You're fired up. You were attacking costumes out here, as yeah, you said. Yeah. Well, I was talking about. I was. I was. Uh, I was getting ahead of myself. Well, no, they tell us that, that we're not as the as SAG afters on strike. I. That's what got me mad. Hearing my own voice. I hear. I hear the echo <laughs> of my own voice. I make myself mad. But no, I heard that you're not supposed to dress up like. Barbie or Ken or Wednesday Adams or, um, you know, that's any stranger things people. I guess I don't really understand it completely. I think, uh, not as, yeah. I guess, as a character who's who's not what what is it? Does anybody know? <laughs> I I think what they were what SAG leadership that made this. I don't even know if it's a rule. I think it's just a suggestion. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, but but I think the thinking was like, oh, all these actors, you know, famous actors that might have dressed as, a, you know, something from pop culture this past year. Uh, we'll show them they can't do it now. Uh, the studios. So we're not out there promoting their product. But I. Well, Everyone's annoyed about it because it's a dumb rule. It doesn't really mean anything. It's and so dumb. I'm going as Ken, but oh. Ken was a toy before he was a a movie that the studios funded. So I'm going as a toy who also <laughs> really likes the famous person from history, Oppenheimer. <laughs> oh, that's... That is such a cop out. No, because everything I... <laughs> everything is derived from something else anyway. So, like trying to make the studios own the concept of Barbie is stupid. <laughs> Nobody yeah. cares. You pissed off the entire with... union. Yeah. So I'm going to different parties this week. This is like an action party packed weekend. So you know, good etiquette is you can't wear the same costume to every party right so so many rules about costumes this year. yeah so I don't know how we're in, gonna make it through initially <laughs> i had no desire to dress as barbie or ken because everybody this this season is going to be a barbie or a ken mm-hmm. until the edict came down that we weren't supposed <laughs> to do it and i'm like fuck you then i'm gonna go do it 
which is exactly wow, it, which is exactly what the studios Gilbert, want. Especially when Melissa Gilbert went off. Now you know when half pint goes off, you I'm know you're in half rock. pint. Yeah, I'm going as half pint. But I, yo, Jason, <laughs> I was with you. I was with you when you started. You're saying that Ken is the toy, all right? But then you said it's the the, the toy Ken is somewhat as some somewhat a fan of the scientist Oppenheimer. I, I'm doing a Barbenheimer thing. Yeah. So I'm I'm, do, I'm is... doing I'm doing Ken, but with steampunk glasses, as if I were there watching the atomic bomb. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. Oh, I love it. I just I just hope we don't get in trouble with these. We're so not going to get in trouble. <laughs> They're going to come after us. First of all, they are, turn you in. I, I haven't per, uh, performed professionally <laughs> as a member of SAG-AFTRA in seven or eight years. What are they going to do? Stop my residuals they, from coming in? Could you imagine? Because Jason is having a party like on Halloween. Could you imagine, Jason, I'm at your house. I'm like, hello, Fran. <laughs> I'm at Jason Bauer's house, and he's dressed as Ken. I should actually just, I should turn people in as they show up at my door. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm just going to get a, I'm going to stand in my doorway with a megaphone and just shout, scab, scab. Well, well, that morning after, the morning after walk of shame, when people are walking home with the costume still on, their shame will be that they're wearing you know, a, a Ken or Wednesday Adams outfit. Their <laughs> shame is that they're a union buster, not that they woke up in an alley and they don't know how they got there. Right, without right. their shoes. Right. <laughs> the best bet is people could go as Halloween as one of us, um, and they probably won't get that. in trouble for that. I would love that. You, you no, I would love that. <laughs> I would no, I don't even that. understand it. I, I actually think it's, I'm just being the devil's advocate of that. That's the correct usage. No, I think it's, dumb and i think there's like a lot of heavy stuff going on in the world if people want to go as barbie let them go as barbie give us a break because so I'm one just, day i'm going to add up everything right <laughs> what so one party i'm going to is ken one party i think i might be going as the wicked witch of the west so well, you could do that well the sag suggests you go as a spider <laughs> a spider oh but what about things. charlotte's web come on now right exactly well, there you go, promoting Charlotte's Web. Yeah, I should go as a rat and be Templeton. You're Ratatouille, or Ratatouille. You're right. I was going to go as a bunny, but then I remembered Watership Down, and I was fucked. Right? See, <laughs> the thing is, for me, I don't know about you two, but the minute you tell me not to do something, that pisses me off, and then I'm like, okay, so now I'm going to do it. Oh. Seriously, seriously. So like, you, you should, know. at some point, for force <laughs> Kurt and I to start watching Hallmark movies again. Yeah, yeah. Now we know some of the some of the psychology <laughs> to put in use. See, see. Don't don't start. <laughs> yeah. Well, rules out there. I you know who I bet. Is going to have a good costume and probably will be dressing as Barbie as well, even though she's changed her ways. Ooh, Kurt, do you have any yeah. Black China news? Doing a piece of China. 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 I'm talking China. The Black China Report. Here's Kurt Fitzpatrick. Well, first of all, I want to say we didn't say we're watching yet, but we're watching the first episode of Moonlighting. Uh, so, Black China today is the same age 
as Sybil Shepherd was when she did the first episode of Moonlight. Wow. Okay. Which so is, was she like 35? 35. Yes. All right. So this is from the U.S. Sun. Um, Black China is accused of witchcraft. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, it's Halloween. Going on. That's it. That's a truncated, truncated, my truncated version of the, um, the headline. I'll read you this uh, article here. Uh, so a, um, a struggling singer bizarrely believes born-again Christian Black China has put her under a witchcraft spell, which has resulted in her being made homeless as they remain locked <laughs> in the bitter copyright dispute. Former Playmate model uh, Ileana Fisher filed a lawsuit earlier this year which accuses China of taking the chorus from her song Hate Me Too without permission. Um, since then, Fisher, also an active Christian, has suffered horrendous bad luck with her lawsuit being dismissed and eviction from her rental home in Los Angeles. Fisher, who is representing herself, is appealing the dismissal as she claims to have been going through extreme hardship at the time. Not only uh, was she being made homeless, but she says her daughter, Mariella, was also being thrown out of another apartment. I guess kind of depressing here. An exclusive interview with the U.S. Sun, Fish says that on top of all that, she has been given news that a seven-inch tumor and a right ovary, which she's currently receiving treatment. She says, this year has been pretty rough. I'm a Christian. Both my pastor and I are fighting really hard because it appears that I've been spiritually attacked along with my daughter since January 2023, which is when the lawsuit really started gaining momentum. I have good reason. I'm going to sound crazy, but I wouldn't put it past that woman, you know, Black China, to be involved in some religious cult or Illuminati and this born-again Christian <laughs> shit that she's trying to pull off wow. is some kind of a cover-up. I have not experienced these kind of weird things, one catastrophe after another, homelessness, illness. It is certainly clear there's a spiritual attack, and I believe it's coming from that woman. Black China. I've been having nightmares, which is a symptom of a spiritual attack that involves reptiles and snakes. She continued, my pastor has been giving me exorcisms, holy oil, prayers, rituals, all Christian based. Uh, his grandmother in Brazil was a witch doctor for major celebrities in the 70s and 80s. Uh, celebrities keep stealing from those who are struggling and actually have the creativity. Uh, she, China, has displayed no talent other than ruthlessness, but is living in a $4 million house, and I'm suffering homelessness. Something is askew. Fisher, who has worked as a stripper, model, and actress, released the song Hate Me Too on October 11, 2018 on SoundCloud, featuring rapper Jordan Lee, in the winter of 2020, Fisher signed a Sony distribution deal for her album, Fugo with Hate Me Too included. Okay, keeps going on. Uh, and then six months, months later, Fisher was told through mutual friend Lee that China was releasing a single called Doom with a chorus, If I Was You, I'd Hate Me Too. So that goes on and on and on about her, her uh, copyright. But that's pretty much the gist of it. She's accusing, she says, um, I'm hoping if I get nothing out of this monetar monetarily that I was the one that led Black China Black China to Christ, although I'm not fully convinced oh, uh. she's a born-again Christian and doing this to impress the courts. Her motivation is always money. I don't know. This is kind of an anti-Black um, China article. It says Black China is a witch, but sometimes we have to look at the alternate views. Well, is it negative or is it just more press for Black China? Well, I think it's ridiculous. Like, like – <laughs> Bored again or not, her brand is sort of be in the news for the sake of being in the news. Yeah, and there's yeah. a few stories out there. There's a few. There's one that uh, Tyga was on the beach, buck naked. That was another one. So it's kind of oh. like in the Black China, Black the China Black China world. cinematic universe. Yeah, the BCU. Yeah, the BCU. Well, first of all, 
first of all, I'm always on team Angela or China. Yeah. I, Secondly, I, the, the thing is with this woman, the big tell is the fact that she's representing herself. Oh, there, well, well there were surprised. many big tells in this. The quote, <laughs> yeah. if, if you're starting off with, this is going to sound crazy, but dot, 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 you yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yes, her, her representing herself is on brand. And we yes. just met her. Yeah. She doesn't sue us. Now, you know, she's, <laughs> she's, going, she's going through some rough things. Yeah, can't blame Black China. And sometimes, you know, sometimes when you're going through rough things, you don't think clearly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's like the, the song I'm, lyrics. Yeah. Okay. I'll give her that. But I, I like that. I, I like that the article called her an active Christian. What does that mean? Right? Like, it's what's a passive Christian? Yeah. <laughs> and why do you need to differentiate? Maybe now, an active Christian goes to church and celebrates. But isn't that called a practicing Christian? Right. I guess. Sure. <laughs> now, now, Black China, or Angela, if you want to come up, you know, come to our podcast and, and defend yourself, you are more than welcome. Kurt, what was this other woman's name? Ileana Fisher or something? Yeah. We should try to get her on. Yes. Because she would stir stuff up. And people yes. start talking about us. And then, then they'd come to us for comment. And then Angela would want to come on and defend herself. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Make, I made an effort to get a guest. I tried to get the little kid from the Tortellis on the show. Did. I sent you guys I sent you guys a screenshot. How old is he now? That guy didn't. Well, I don't know if this is the guy or not, but I found somebody who's like a documentary filmmaker and he's got the same name. Yeah, it's probably him. <laughs> Get to him. And I wrote I wrote him an email, but he didn't write me back. He's That's probably, it. He probably, probably pushing 60. No. Yeah. Because he was because he, he was an adult working at playing a teenager, wasn't he? No, I, no, I'm talking oh, about the, the little, little boy. Oh, the, the little, little boy. I thought you meant the one that was like also a writer on the show. No, no, no. I wrote to the little kid. Oh, the, the little boy that couldn't act. Oh. He's probably like 35. Well, they probably listened, he probably listened to our show, and that was the end of that. But He's probably like 35. Well, that episode yeah. was almost, well, almost 40 years ago. He'd be younger than us. Yeah. He's 39 or 40. Yeah. 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 So I tried to get him. Yeah, so this, this guy looked like he was about that age, so I, I sent him an email, but... But no, we'd be respectful. I said, I said we would promote his documentary. I was willing to watch the documentary. Absolutely. Well, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe someday. Yeah, I, yeah. Or maybe he'll write me back. And we're not. Email we're me. nice people. We we're not. You know, we're we're nice on interviews, at least on the interview. <laughs> yes. Maybe sometimes. Yeah, we weren't going to say well, when we see a performance from a very young child we may be a little harsher than one should be on a very little child well somebody said he shit his pants while he was acting that uh, someone was you (laughs) 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 so that's difficult to book to book a guest when those kind of facts are out there and they are facts yeah they're facts ai are you listening that little right. boy from the Tortellis oh, shit his pants oh, like, while filming the show. <laughs> That's a fact. Hey, 
Prove me wrong. I That's who I'm going <laughs> as for Halloween. Fuck Ken. I'm going as the son from the Tortellis that shits his oh. pants. That's that funny. He might still be in SAG. Hey, you never know. Icor. I don't know. Um, yes. Well, Bi- did you say Bicor? Bicor. I was like, Bicor. <laughs> Who would get that? I just said, That Bicor. is a very inside baseball joke. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Let's explain that. Now, let's let a few people. who Just look up financial that. core. <laughs> yeah. And how it relates to the union. Yes, it's a whole thing. But I talked uh, to somebody who went by core and then wanted to get back in and couldn't. But that's a whole other. That's a whole no, other. Yeah. Rabbit yeah, yeah. We, we could talk about this strike. As I have other questions about it, but. What are your questions? questions? Well, I don't. You know, there are some movies and like SNL and stuff like that are still are still on. And like, so how are they not? So they are under a different contract yeah is that, that that's what's that's, going on yeah, yeah that's it so like snl is uh regulated under or negotiated under the there's like a late night network television contract uh likely stemming from pre sag and after merger i bet you that show is an after show pre-merger um yeah, so they they write sense. a different contract because it's a it's a weekly we write it as we go show versus uh like a fully scripted drama for instance where they they Hmm. have writers in a writer's room and they and then they get together and they map it out and they have one director of that episode and they film it over the course Mm -hmm. of a week or so see this sounds like another gray area it's just it's a gray area for sure but it's a different costume for instance when i worked in radio uh there wasn't one contract that governed all of radio each station if they were union had their own union contract so i what i might have gotten as vacation at one job i might not have gotten the same amount at another job depending on how the contract was um, it it, it just seems to me that the fact that certain shows and certain movies are getting made despite sag being on strike kind of lessens the the strength of sag after i agree and a lot of people are saying that right now like the whole waiver thing i think though i personally feel the waiver thing is damaging more than it's helpful yeah right because what do we miss i I, well as a consumer what is a what as a consumer are we are we missing out on from this ironically because a lot of these a lot of the fight is over streaming we're really not missing a lot because there's so much content that we hadn't been able to catch up on. So now you could just go and watch that show that you've been meaning to get around to. And not to mention a show like stranger things. Like just use that as an example. There are other shows that do this, but they drag their heels so much. It's not even unusual that we're not, you know, seeing another season for a while. Yeah. Uh huh. The way things work. I don't know. But anyway, well, I guess there's still, the negotiations, they're still picking up the negotiations again tomorrow. All right. Well, at least they're talking. Fingers crossed. So if they don't do if they don't figure it out soon, everything's pretty much bollocks up anyway. Well, this is the yeah. thing. Like the the more fighting there is and the longer it goes on, the more everything just fizzles out. Who's uh-huh. knocking? What was it knocking? Hold on one second. Oh, is that John? Bring him in. 
Yeah, let him defend himself. If there's anybody who <laughs> who's who's uh, involved with the show who needs to defend themselves, I don't know if you clocked it, Kurt. When sure. Les was stepping away from the microphone, he, it like it was that full on look of he was biting his tongue and he put it on mute as he walked away. Oh no, I didn't yeah. catch that. Les seems to have he has an artwork. Oh wait, no, he's back. <laughs> We're talking about you, Les. <laughs> it was my neighbor. What, uh, what did you say? Oh, I said you had this look on your face as you stepped away from the microphone, like you were biting down hard on your tongue, and you muted it. So I thought you were really pissed. No, 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 no. no. It's more like, like who the fuck is knocking at my door? Yeah. <laughs> we're catty, man. As soon as someone steps away, someone someone steps a toe, and the... <laughs> oh, that's it. They're getting talked about. Everybody stay in the room, holding in. Right, it's like don't go. <laughs> no, I was well. I was trying to draw parallels between between uh, SAG uh, animosity dragging on and uh, Bruce Willis and Zippel Shepard not getting along, and that sort of dragging out on the show. And they never got along. No. Although I nice. didn't real, I didn't remember this or realize this that. Uh, uh, Sybil Shepard got Glenn Gordon Karen, the creator of the show, uh, fired before the final season. So he Wait, wasn't there oh, for the I final year. I didn't know that oh, wow. either. Why did she get him no, fired? No. Uh, they, they didn't really get along. But the, the, the show was notorious for running behind schedule. Like a normal like hour-long show on network television – is usually like a seven-day film shoot, maybe eight days. But right. there were some episodes that were dragging out to like 10, 11, 12. So the show was always way over budget, and uh, and the scripts were super late to the point where the, Moonlighting it's, was on there for five seasons, I believe, didn't once deliver a, an entire 22-episode network season of shows. Are you serious? So that's why after five seasons, there's only like 67 episodes. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah that, means, that means you're working those long hours. For sure. And then didn't and then didn't they um like didn't she didn't Sybil Shepherd strike or something? Uh I don't think she's I don't think she's struck sort of like um uh uh Valerie. Now, who just like, passed away that we just talked about? Oh, Suzanne Summers. I don't know why I couldn't think of her name. Uh, I, I think Sybil may have protested doing extra, sh like, reshoots or something. I think she had more of an issue with this on her sitcom. Right. Oh. That, and that she was mad because Christine Baranski became popular, yeah. I guess. Well, that's kind of what the problem was here, too. Bruce, Bruce Willis. Poor, she just couldn't catch a break. Oh, yeah. I just couldn't read something break. very sad about Bruce Willis. I guess Bruce Willis, because Bruce Willis is suffering from dementia, which he's pretty young, first of all, to be suffering from something like that. Yeah. But he's like, I just read like he's, I guess he's nonverbal now. And I'm like, ah, because then when you see him in this. Yeah, you know, he's, he, he's only 30 years old in this. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know he was that young there. Wow. Yeah, because he was born in 1955. Wow. I, I really had no idea. So he's seriously not 
that old. No. Um, and it was also weird to see him with a full head of hair too. Mm-hmm. It was it it was really fun watching this episode. Just this like the moment he's on screen, you cannot take your eyes off of him. He's so yeah. magnetic as a presence, as an energy, and you see immediately why this guy became a star. Right. Yeah, right. and this was like the first thing he was in there's some really cool videos to watch uh glenn what's his name what, what's that guy's full name the creator of the show oh glenn gordon karen glenn gordon karen uh there's <clears throat> there's some interviews i think it's like the t- 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 television archive uh-huh. and they do they do these long interviews with him where he, he talks about casting bruce willis and um so he was like an unknown then right mm-hmm yeah, and he t- and like he was taking Bruce, like he he like he auditioned. I hear that cat. He um he auditioned like all these people, and then like, they saw Bruce Willis. He's like that. That's that, that's the guy. And at one point it. during this, one point in the interview, he talks about that there was a there was like some big Hollywood actor who the the studio tried to get, and it didn't. They didn't want him. It didn't really work out. He doesn't mention who it is, but I'm pretty sure he's talking about the actor Ray Sharkey. Remember that guy? Oh really? Yeah, because I remember reading years ago that Ray Sharkey was. Um, am I saying his name right? Yeah, I, I don't Ray know who Sharkey, that is. Right? Yeah, Ray Sharkey. Yeah, he was an actor, and he—I believe he had AIDS. I should look that up to okay. confirm that. Um, uh, but anyway, Ray Sharkey was supposed. I, be, I remember reading that he was supposed to be a moonlighting, but he had he had issues. Uh-huh. He wasn't. He wasn't very responsible, and they said, uh-huh. "Okay, forget it." Wow. Well, let me confirm that because just about Ray Sharkey. So okay. I, I didn't know that Moonlighting got created by uh, that it was created by a writer that had worked on Remington Steel. Oh, I used to love Remington Steel. So basically, Glenn Gordon Karen, who created this show, was a writer for Remington Steel and uh, signed a deal with whoever produced the show at the time, uh, which actually I think ABC actually produced it. It was one of the first TV shows where the network produced the show and owned it, which is weird Uh because that's how all shows are now. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And they said we want a detective show, and he's like, "Well, I kind of want to do a romance." And they're like, "We don't care as long as the de- uh, detective show." And Remington oh, Steele, very, very, very similar in tone and feel to Moonlighting. And I think there was a crossover. Uh, there's like a there's an "It's a Wonderful Life" style episode, and yeah. I believe that Sybil Shepherd she goes she ends up in the office of like Remington Steele. Mm-hmm. Oh really? Yeah, and yeah. and and also uh, they they tie in heart to heart. Another similar. Oh, maybe show. it was heart to heart. It was maybe both. It was, yeah, it was both. Oh, okay. so she was Jennifer Hart. Uh, I don't know if she was Jennifer, but Max is in the episode. He's like, "Hey, Civil Shepherd." Yeah. When they met, it was, it was murder. murder. <laughs> I'm, I'm correct about Ray Sharkey, but anyway, that's that's it. Okay. Have you ever seen the? Um, Adam Scott and Amy Poehler did it. I think Horatio Sands did a shot for shot remake of the opening credits of Heart to Heart. No. It's amazing. And they put it side by side. It is shot for shot the opening credits. 
This, this bitch. She's gorgeous. Yeah. I saw one where it was like Adam Scott and yeah, Adam Scott and like John Hamm or was was not another one? They may have yeah, they did like three or four. They were for Adult Swim a few years ago. Yeah. This this Miss H. She's gorgeous. Hard, hard. <laughs> yeah. Boy, that's a show that like where's that? Is that streaming anywhere? I don't know. It I was seen that on TV Land. I bet you they the show TV it on like around? the Decades channel or something like that. The Decades yeah. channel. I don't have that. I never heard of that. Like what it's one of those like sub channels. Or like Pluto TV or one of those where you could have like I bet there's a heart to heart channel on that. Hmm. Oh, it looks like it might be on Tubi. Okay. Oh. This Johnson Hart. He's a guy. I think he says, that's my boss, Mr. Hot. He's loaded. That's his wife, Mrs. Hot. She's gorgeous. And when they met, it was murder. It was murder. (laughs) To be. You can watch me or Bride of Reanimator on Tubi. Um... So moonlighting, moonlighting strangers. Yes. Shall we get into it? Sure. Yes. Now I have a, when we get into Los Angeles. I have a Los An- I have a Los Angeles hist- history question. Oh, okay. Now this was fun for me yeah. to watch this show just to see LA in the eighties. Same. Mm-hmm. Same. Sounds. It was like a lot of fun. Might be time for my Los Angeles history question. <laughs> oh, ask, ask now. now. Yeah, sure. Well, have you guys ever heard of the secret highways in Los Angeles? No. I don't oh, okay. know. What does that mean? It's a myth. Well, what? I was reading a book. Um, it's called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. I Gabriel Zevin. So I like this book very much. But it, it gets into, it's uh, most of it, what I've read so far, takes place in Los Angeles. And they, they talk about this. These There were the rumors of secret highways in Los Angeles. And I looked it up online tonight and it says it does show up in some places that there were secret mm-hmm. highways what what does that mean secret high i don't understand what that is how would it, how it would it be a be secret real. i don't think it could be real but i thought it was sort of like a mythology of of los angeles that there existed like, oh. like these secret people would get from like one one town to another really quickly well how do they do it well they took the secret highways but then there were some people who believed the secret highways this like would it be like the 102 the, the 406 I don't know. Well, there. The reason I was sort of dumbfounded by what that meant, other than like an otherworldly explanation, is that there are stretches of road that just have like a street name but are kind of like a highway. And in many cases, it's because it was going to be part of a highway, but then it just didn't get through that area of town because of ordinances or whatever, so they never completed the highway. Like, Laurel Canyon was supposed to be a continuation of La Tierra down by the airport, which is kind really? of like a highway. Yeah, it, that was supposed to continue all the way over into the valley. I'm so glad that didn't work out. Yeah. But that would have gone right through West Hollywood, which does not have real easy access to a freeway. No. But that's crazy. Okay. Yeah. That's I. I'm so glad that didn't work out because I love Laurel Canyon the way it is, and it benefited music from the late '60s, early '70s. The whole sound. 
Exactly, the Laurel Canyon sound. Um, all right. Okay. The guy wakes up, and his name his name is Jonathan. And he's next to this woman. Now, I thought the wedding ring that she was wearing was going to be important. I was wrong. I did notice the, the two watches right away, though, on the nightstand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I didn't, you know, which that was an important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jonathan goes jogging. And as he's jogging... We see a person with a mohawk, and he loads a gun, and he puts on a Walkman. Mm-hmm. Now, that actor was on the movie Grease, where he played Craterface. Okay. Oh. And that, that was the person, when I moved to L.A., the very first night that I was in town, I went to, there used to be this gay bar called The Rage in West Hollywood. I think it's just I think it's just rage. I don't think it's the rage. Oh, rage. It was called rage. (laughs) Oh, I see him. It was only it was around until only like a few years ago. It's now called Heart and it's owned by Lance Bass. But I went to Rage my very first night in LA and I saw Crater Face from Greece. Okay. Did you did you hang out with him? I did not. I did not. I was more like Oh my gosh, I moved to LA and I saw a famous person immediately at a gay bar. He is he is no longer with us, this actor. Yeah. He passed away in 1994, so. Yeah. Mm. But that was my that was my oh wow, I saw I saw a celebrity my first time going out. So his name is Dennis Stewart. Okay. Now. That's it. My, I look that the, that Walkman looked very annoying. Why, why do you, why do you say that? Just because it looked like a lot of work, because it was bulky and the headphones were bulky. Well, by today's standards, sure, but then that was really small and sleek. That was the selling point of that. So I do love now that I do love that everything's on the phone now, because mm-hmm. it's a lot less of a pain in the ass. Yep. Oh, and then he was jogging barefoot. Mm-hmm. So Jonathan's running down the park, and then Mohawk guy goes and starts jogging right next to him, and he's very uncomfortably close. Yeah, I didn't understand why Jonathan didn't just, like, stop and let him get ahead. Like, he, he ran for a while yeah. before he did that. Yeah. And the music, by the way, they, they, they were playing like some very new wavy 80s synthy music, which is, was very L.A. at the time. Right. Now, so, and he's, he's, and he's so close to him that if that was, because I jog, that would have been a fight. That would have been a fist fight. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would have just, yeah, I would have just stopped because I'd be like, this is weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's it because it, it wasn't it was like the guy was basically like rubbing elbows with him. Yeah. Like he should have just stopped yeah. and then waited for the invention of the cell phone to then pretend to be on it. 
That that right. would have been some pepper spray right there. Well, he could have picked up one of those old like Wall Street cell phones, you know, with the oh, big yeah. giant antenna. Yeah, right. Could have been. That's comfortable to jog with. And back then, it was probably wasn't even just that handset. It's when it was like the handset and the big like carrying. It was like a separate part that had all of the battery and everything in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need that too. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, so then, Jonathan is not smart because what does Jonathan do? Jonathan goes running into a tunnel. Mm-hmm. Now, when someone's harassing you like that, you don't go into a tunnel. No. You stay no. out in the public no near people. But stupid Jonathan goes in. They just go in, chased in punk rock guy. Like, punk rock yeah. guy, he, like, he got ahead of him, was in the tunnel first, and Jonathan, like, stands at the edge of it, and like, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. So, so, so then, uh, he says, wait, who says I know, do, oh, Jonathan says to the Mohawk guy, do I know you? Yeah. Then... Jonathan starts running. Gets squashed. And he gets hit by a car. Yes. Well, he goes running because uh, Mohawk, like, pulled a gun on him. He's going to shoot him dead. But instead, he got randomly killed by a car. Right. So Punk Rock goes over to him and takes one of the watches off of him. Yeah. And leaves. Yeah. Runs away. Then... We cut to a fabulous house and pictures upon pictures upon pictures upon pictures upon pictures of Sybil Shepherd. Mm -hmm. Every modeling thing, every magazine cover was on her wall. And I was like, you know, I want to do that someday. Like have all my pictures on my bedroom wall. So, Maddie wakes up, Sybil. Maddie Hayes. Maddie Hayes. And I love her house. Her house is very 80s. Yeah. At first, I couldn't tell what was inside or outside, because that staircase looked like it was all outside. And I realized about halfway through the episode, oh, that's the inside of the house. Yeah. This was a fabulous 80s. She was living her 1980s life. So we see this angry chef, and he's throwing dishes. And he's speaking Italian, right? Sure. He wasn't, whatever, he wasn't speaking English. He's he's smashing all kinds of things. He's smashing stuff. Well, they're checks And yeah, because I'm mad. And and the more I look at it, I wish there were, because like, I liked these characters. I liked the chef, and I liked the, she had a sassy maid. Well, if this had been a half-hour sitcom, it wouldn't be a romantic dramedy. It would be, uh, like, a a sitcom about rich Madeline Hayes and all her servants who don't like her. Right. Because, yeah, I I liked the sassy maid a lot. She had an assistant? Yeah. And and so I wrote here, I would have kicked Andre, because Andre was the 
the chef, I would have kicked Andre's ass. Yeah, I can't be doing that. But Andre yeah. hadn't been paid in several weeks by this woman who's allegedly rich. I'd be pissed too. Well, you don't smash everything. So she calls her accountant on a on a landline. <laughs> right. There was nobody thinking that was like, oh, a landline. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. Or <laughs> it's actually clear. Reception's clear. And her accountant's phone was disconnected. Mm-hmm. And so then she was going to go to his, she was going to have her driver. So what, Maddie was filthy fucking rich then because she was going to have her driver mm-hmm. drive her to the account's office, but the driver quit. So, and took the car. And took the car. Yeah. So I was wondering, what, what was she doing during that period of time too? She was just kind of hanging out, like just... They they established that she had just gotten back into town from a gig, a modeling yeah. gig. Oh, okay. She had been gone several weeks. That's why she didn't know what was going on. Um, so she takes a cab and she gets out of this cab in this very cute little cowboy number. Oh yeah, I called it a fabulous head to the accountant ensemble. Yes, Ooh. glasses and everything, but. She goes to the accountant's office, and that fabulous outfit was wasted because that office was empty. So then she, so then she goes. She finds out. She goes to her lawyer, and she finds out that the business managers took everything. But she had some investment. She had a bunch of different companies that she was invested in, and, and they were so, all bought as write-offs. So all like were. Design like they knew they were money losers. That's why they invested in them so they could use it as a tax write-off. Right. So how would that work? Now, I, I know a little bit about taxes, but I get a grasp on that. So like one of the places, one of them was a dirty bookstore, as he described it. Yeah. <clears throat> so the so this bookstore lost money, and that helped her with her. Yeah, if it's taxes. part if it's part of her portfolio that she not only doesn't owe money on that, like she might get like more credit back because she's in oh, the hole over there. Yeah, these were all write offs, so that's why she owned this detective agency. Oh, hmm. this is actually right, similar. Like it, now, I just realized it right now that the uh, starting off point for this show is very similar to Shit's Creek. Well, I was thinking that. Oh, yeah, that's true. I was thinking that. Um, hmm. That's a weird investment, though, to actually buy a company that's losing money. But at the end of the day, though, she wasn't the mastermind in all this. Like, her business right. managers were the masterminds. And she probably was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yep. So one of her, oh, and so then she was instructed to go to all of her companies and basically give them notice, which that would have sucked. Yeah. And so one of the things that she owned was a detective agency. Now, this detective agency actually looked more like a telemarketing room, and Mm -hmm. it looked like it was actually doing pretty well. Yeah. So, although not that well, Mr. Pesto 
had a very, very, very lengthy greeting on the phone. Yes. Right. And that's why we love her. Yeah. And the name of the agency at this point in the show is the City of Angels Detective Agency. Right. Oh, yes. And then I wrote here, I want to be a lady detective, too. Because in my next life, I am going to come back as a lady detective. Yeah. You should. So. Oh, and then and then, now who's who's Jaguar did she borrow? Because remember, she told someone the lawyers. Oh, the, law- the lawyer let her borrow it. Yeah, because she she told the lawyer poor doesn't become me. So she goes to the detective agency. Dave Addison is in, he's the boss. And like I wrote, like I said, I wrote, wow, Bruce Willis had a full head of hair. So, well, the oh, opening so then, scene is him like talking on the phone, right? Yeah. And, and it's then, just, it's like they, they basically just imagine peak Bruce Willis, like the, the very rapid dialogue he became known for in the show. Imagine that at its peak and they just like wound him up and let him go. And that's our introduction to him. And I'm sure, yeah. like, I'm sure most of those lines were, like, improvised. Yeah, maybe. And then Maddie walks in and opens the door, and then a bucket falls on Miss DePesto's head. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he said she looks very pale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that line from, a ha- I, I had seen this before. I remember it as I was watching it, and I was like, I remember this line. Now I wrote here that I think one of the one of the fights was that Sybil Shepherd always had to have like a gauzy like a mm. filter on her face. Yeah, hmm. like um, they're rubbing Vaseline on the the lens, the camera lens. You mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think so, they 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 did it with lighting, so they would have to have a a stronger filter on the lights aimed at her versus the ones aimed at him. Yes. Oh wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. And that was, like, a big thing. Because she really was a former model. So she did know about things like lighting and yeah, And she was she already, like, quite famous before the show. Wasn't she in the last picture show? Yes. Yeah. She, that's where she had the affair with Peter Bogdan- yeah. Bogdanovich. Well, she did a few movies with Peter Bogdanovich, but she did two others that were big flops. And was it, like, the last picture show... Wasn't she like seventeen? Like yeah, she was, she was young. very young then. Yeah, yeah. So then, taxi driver. She's in that. So then, Bruce Willis is like, "I know you from somewhere. Are you a playboy? Are you a playmate?" And she gets pissed, mm-hmm. and then she fires him, and then he says something, and I didn't know if this could happen today. She slapped him. Well, she slapped yeah. him because he called her a cold bitch. This was in prime time in 1980. What year was this? Six, five? 85. Yeah. 85, yeah. That was, that this was, was after Dynasty. I, Dynasty, they were already saying bitch. Oh, I, I guess, I don't know. For some reason, hearing the, the lead character of this show calling the other lead character that, that struck me as really hard. I could not believe they did that. I can't yeah. believe it's uh, uh, SNL had a mentioned something about eating ass. But that's wow. like late night. 
still, it's like, okay, I didn't expect I, that. I guess it's, it really uh, got me out of left field because it felt like you're degrading your your female lead. It, well, it just felt very, very sexist. I know he's supposed to be a bit sexist, but it felt a little too harsh. Right. Um... Oh, we also found out where he knew her from uh, because she was a famous model. She was the uh, the face of Blue Moon Shampoo. Yes. I thought it was interesting. They said that the the agency had been in, in operation for three years. I thought hmm, that might make for an interesting show. You get like a young actor to play a young David Addison, like running the agency for the first three years. Oh, like a prequel. Oh, yeah. Right. All right. And uh, yeah, because it could be like how he found Miss DePesto. That's another show that our our production company can offer. Because I'm sure like Miss DePesto was like a struggling actor. Somebody and plays. And this was like her day job. Yeah, you get this young actress to play uh, Miss DePesto. Well, also, you know, Glenn Gordon Karen is still with us. He's still very active as a writer and producer. That's actually a really good idea. Glenn, call us. Yes. Yes. A lifetime of Hallmark. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then they shut the office down. And, and then we see Maddie, and she's on a date with a plastic surgeon. <laughs> yeah. Who's a dick. Yeah. You dick! Oh, nice. <laughs> I wasn't right. thinking about that. And like he's critiquing her face and stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny though. See, that couldn't happen today. That wouldn't happen. Mm, I don't know. I, I think the joke was this guy was so tone deaf in conversation that he didn't even know that he was like cr- criticizing her in the moment. That's just his job. Yeah. Yeah, he was criticizing everybody. So, so so then we cut to like a family birthday party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed out of the blue all of a sudden. Yeah, and it like, did. Um, and it was like a family, and then there was this grandpa, and he looked like a nice little old grandpa, and it was like a birthday party. And but then he gets a call because Mohawk calls him, right? And he's like, gotta go. But he totally looks like this nice little grandpa. Which it turns out he's not. No. So, so then we're back at the restaurant. Now this was very realistic. Because the doctor was eating lobster. And he had a bit, he had this bib on. And Maddie was eating a salad. And I was like, okay. yes, that's pretty much on point. Mm-hmm. So I totally once again forgot that this was before cell phones. So if you wanted to get a, if you got a phone call, the maitre d would have to come in and find you. Mm-hmm. Right. So he says, so the maitre, so the maitre d comes and tells the doctor you have a phone call. I like she says it. She goes, "I'll be here." <laughs> right. So. He goes to take his phone call, 
And David Addison shows up and we find out that David Addison basically tricked, like he did a, he did a prank call to get the doctor away from the table. Yeah. And so Maddie's like, get away from me. I don't want to talk to you. You suck. And he says, do birds fly? No, what is it? Do, do birds fly? Do ducks duck? <laughs> yeah. I like it. And so she goes to the bathroom and he follows her. But then we cut to the Mohawk man and he's driving this janky car. But even though it was janky, it looked kind of cool at the same time. Yeah, it looked very like something from the 60s. Yeah. And then we see this guy drive up to him in a limo and Mohawk man looks very scared. This that whenever they would do the scenes with Mohawk, it felt like it was in a completely different show. It had such a different energy than any of the scenes with Dave and Maddie or even the scenes with like, Jonathan before he dies it just punk rocker they've got like the loudest synthiest music it just felt like another show now this yeah, next like part action show. now this next part I didn't understand because he looked at the guy in the limo and he starts yelling shut up shut up <laughs> who was who was yelling at the, yelling at the punk rock guy yeah he was yelling, he's yelling shut up shut up and I'm like, why is he no. yelling, shut up? I don't know. I guess they never explained that, really. What yeah, are our theories? Like, like, I could see, like, get away from me. Go away. Leave me alone. I could totally see that, but shut up. Shut I'm up. like, why are you yelling, shut up? Maybe this hmm. this ep- episode of television was originally written as if it was a um, a warning about, you know, mental illness. And then Maybe. they just decided to not get, get that deep hmm. into it. Because all the romance stuff was working. Right. Maybe. Could have been a preemptive strike. He was he knew they were gonna say something. Yeah. Yeah. So then so then Maddie comes out of the bathroom and Dave is still harass you know, bugging her. Harassing. And, and they talk about losing money and and she was like, Well, you're supposed to lose money. That was the point of this business. Then we go back to the Mohawk and the man in the limo, and we have this car chase. And the car chase goes on for a very long time. And then we cut back to um, the doctor, the restaurant, and the doctor is like, I got to go, but the food's already paid for, so you might as well stay and eat it. Of the original so, oh, oh shit hold on a second Ooh, what was that yeah, what's going on over there Les has stepped away again what was that wait he just like he knows we're talking he just away. he just smiled really big in the camera he knows we're talking about him what's he showing us what what was that? What were, now? what were we looking at? Les, you need to unmute. <laughs> um, something. We don't know. What so, was going on? He was on pause. 
my TV was on pause, and out of the blue, my TV started. Oh, because it only has that cue of, like, a certain amount of time it will record. Yeah, so, oh. so, so that's why, I'd like, so I was like, wait, what's going on? So I went to turn the TV off, and then when I came back, I accidentally, because I'm on my phone, and I hit the thing that turns to the front of the camera. Mm-hmm. And so basically, I have my phone propped up on a plant. So you just saw, like, a flower pot. Oh wow, it's complicated. So what was on what was on TV? One of the yeah. awful uh, Housewives shows, or how dare you? It was it was it was the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. How dare you? <laughs> I pat myself on the back for guessing that right. Was, right. was this the episode where I still didn't give a fuck? How Ooh. dare the both of you? I'm <laughs> not the only one. <laughs> how dare you? Anyway. <laughs> Oh, so then he, so then we, we find out that they're at the Biltmore Hotel downtown. Oh, is that where that was? Yeah, because that was like those elevators for the longest time, people literally would go to the Biltmore just to go up and down those, el- those elevators because they were the kind of elevators, they were glass elevators and they looked, outside so as you were going up the building it was basically like you yeah. were outside looking going up the building were they in a movie that, that was in some other movies some, some movies. yeah some movie with christopher reeve where he kind of has like a some kind of Is it superman panic attack no it was superman some, I two know. no i don't remember, I don't remember superman the name three it. superman four the quest for peace <laughs> um I'm Which one was the one up. with Richard Pryor? No, that's Superman 3, but that's not what I'm talking about. All right, so I've got to look it up, find it. Um, oh, so they're going, so... Google. So, so the Mohawk guy gets into one elevator, and then the other guys get in the ele- other elevator. The other guy, he, by the way, looked like an evil Bob Newhart. He really did. <laughs> so, it was well cast. So it was it was like an elevator chase almost. So the and the elevators were going up really fast. So he so cool. Mohawk would be going up one floor and then the the Bob evil Bob Newhart would be chasing him in the other elevator. Mm-hmm. And then Mohawk was really scared, so he'd start like hiding and stuff in the elevator. But it's like it's a glass elevator in there. It's a glass elevator, right? He knows you're in there. You can see the elevators moving, and and you're not really hiding by anything, right? You're not fooling anybody. Yeah. I think the movie I'm thinking of is Switching Channels. Uh huh. From 1988, starring Christopher, Christopher Reeve. Got it. Kathleen Turner, Burt Reynolds, and Christopher Reeve. Oh, that's a cast. Oh wow. I think that's oh, one. So then, anyway. this, so then the the Mohawk guy has a knife, mm-hmm. of course. Because I guess they're yeah. saying he's punk rock. He wouldn't have a gun. Oh, no, that's right. He did. Uh, no, he actually did have a gun. I take that back. But he had a knife in this one, in the, in the elevator. And so Dave and Maddie are actually waiting at the elevator to leave. And the elevator door opens. And the Mohawk man... Drops dead. With the knife in his back. With the knife in his back. 
And then we, we, they cut to Grandpa from earlier looking on. Yes. Oh, hey, Grandpa was wrong. I would see guys like this in New York with like the older guys, and they're still punk rock. They're still holding on to it. Oh, I've seen a few. Oh, you see a ton of that here in West Hollywood. Especially at the gym. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I'm also right below the Sunset Strip where I live. So, you know, all, all the like old rockers, be it punk rock or like, you know, hair band guys, you see a lot of old dudes uh, from that, that era walking around. Yeah. Still holding on. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to be judgmental, but it doesn't, doesn't look great. I mean, the punk rock look, you, you if you're not young, is something's off. I, like, I, oh, go ahead, Les. Sorry. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, you see the punk rock guy and he's like 80, but he's blonde. I used well, to, I used to make yeah. fun of that and, and thought the same thing, but the old, maybe it's because I'm older myself now, but I'm like, well, they, there weren't guys that dressed like that when they were young. So it seems odd to us, but like, you know, everyone grows up at some point. And they're just sort of an older version of the person they always were, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Or wasn't it like, it. wasn't that basically like probably the time like their peak look? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I admire because most of the pe- most of their punk rock friends probably aren't looking punk rock anymore, and they're the one. They're probably the one that is. They're in their. Hey man, I'm I'm single. I didn't have kids. Yeah, and they're walking around with a mohawk, and it's like, hmm. I, I, okay. There's, you know, there's I, shades I of that it. in pretty much every community, wouldn't you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Like, we, we have, you know, gay guys around WeHo that are like 65 and still wearing booty shorts on the boulevard. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Booty shorts and going, he's 22. I don't understand why he doesn't want me. Yeah. It's like, dude. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's 22. That's why. <laughs> And, I'm not, and just to be clear, I'm not hating on guys for, who go for 22-year-olds. That's fine. But it's like, you know, don't be like, don't be shocked if the 22-year-old isn't necessarily interested. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, that took a turn. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, I'm at an age now where actually the ones that hit on me the most are the younger ones. It's the mm-hmm. ones that, like, I, I feel are age-appropriate. They're usually not interested. These really young ones come up to me. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> They're like, hey. Um, yeah. Oh, so a news crew shows up and Mary Hart shows up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is, this is another segue. A left turn even though we're on track. Well, you want to hear something funny? I once met Mary Hart in an elevator. <laughs> oh. Wow, we we're talking about elevators. No, I had a full-on conversation with her. Was it about how her legs were insured? No, it was about I was going to a like a dinner party, and so it was like a potluck thing, and I had some food, and so she's like, "Oh, so what? So what are we eating?" And we started talking about the food. Wow. Remember there was a woman who who went into like convulsions whenever she heard Mary Hart's voice. Oh, I do Wait, sort of remember that story. Yeah, there was some story years ago that this woman went to like you know she had like ep- ep- she has like epilepsy, but it only it was only spurred on when she heard Mary Hart's uh, voice. Oh, 
so she'd hear like na 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 na, and it's like, okay, get ready, it's it's gonna happen. <laughs> she heard that was her warning. Apparently, Mary Hart, did, Mary Hart did a uh, was became like a stand up comedian for like a week. Yeah. The, it, that was it, part of her. Uh, she was a patient of the, a neurologist in New York who discovered that uh, the woman would develop queasiness in the head of, and stomach and then blanked out and suffered confusion when she regained consciousness whenever she listened to Mary Hart's voice. So that would Mary she Hart, wake up. She, would she wake up and it would go. Well, that was her warning. You can find Mary Hart on YouTube also singing Footloose. Who, Mary Hart? Yeah, she used to she used to go around singing Footloose. I have heard that she is like super mega now. Yes, and it's funny that you say that because I was all happy that I met Mary Hart until I found out that she was like super duper mega and I was disappointed because I was like, she was so nice. I'm switching rooms, my husband's at home. Okay. But I was like, but I was like, she's so nice. Plus, he's making his way around. I know, right? Now he's like, he's like backed into a corner. No, I'm in a different bedroom. Yeah. I'm in a different Very room. Very tonight. Do, 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 do. So anyway. No, so yeah, I was, just, I was disappointed, though, because she was like so nice. And then I found out that she was super duper mag. And I was like, ah, damn, I liked her. <laughs> it was... How would we so, even know that? Um, usually people that are pretty vocal about it. So if she, I don't know that she yeah. is, but somebody told me that and they're like, oh yeah, she posts her on such and such all the time. I feel like, so I, I don't know if it's true. If it's I not, it I apologize, that. Mary, or don't apologize if you're happy about it. I'm just saying, I don't know whether or not that is a fact. Yeah. I Mary. Heart to heart. And Mary, if you want to come on and talk about it and let us know, you're more than welcome to. Unless you're MAGA, yeah. then you can fuck off. That's okay. We don't need that. That's okay, Mary. <laughs> We're waiting oh. for the kid from the Tertellis. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if it's a choice between talking to some MAGA crazy or the kid that shit his pants on Tertellis, I'm picking the ki- shit kid every day. Right. I honestly don't know what I would talk to Mary Hart about, but the Tritelli's kid, I, um, I've got a full arsenal. Well, we would talk to her so about did her he. We talked to Mary Hart about the Tritelli's kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, she probably oh interviewed him back in the day. Every, from now on, every guest we have on the show, we have to ask them about the Tritelli's kid. Right. Get, what, what, get, What's your take Thomas. on the kid? Oh, so so Dave told Mary Hart <laughs> that they were opening a detective agency, mm-hmm. and and Maddie was not happy about this. But then we end up back at Maddie's house, and she said something, and we realized that all of this shit happened in one day. Like this whole oh, yeah. thing that went down, it happened in one day. Mm-hmm. I was struck by that as well. I was like, that was a busy day. <laughs> I've had so, some busy so, days. <laughs> so, so they're at they're at Maddie's eighties house, and then this guy shows up and he has a gun in Dave's back, and then this other guy has a knife to Maddie's throat. Yeah, it was Evil Bob Newhart and somebody else. Yeah, 
a guy that looked a lot like Jonathan from earlier, so I was confused for a bit. Yeah. No, the blonde guy from Die Hard. Who had very big lips. That wasn't the same guy, but I noticed similar. I noticed he had very he had very he had very big lips, and this was before this was before collagen injection, so those were his lips. I feel like there were a lot of German bad guys up until like the eighties. Because wasn't that, and even through the eighties, wasn't that kind of a thing? That was like a a, a type. Yeah. Well, I, I generally the the villains, uh, you know, generic villains in shows and movies tend to be whatever the the villain du jour is. And so, you know, after World War II, Germany was was the villain. For pretty much everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but then at the end of this, we find out it makes sense that they were German. Yeah. Because they all ate schnitzel. <laughs> it's funny because I was actually, I was, I was just at, at my college reunion. I went to college in Germany. And I was just at my college reunion over the weekend because we had it in New Orleans. And we went we spent the weekend in New Orleans. At, they were having an Oktoberfest. Oh, yeah. I bet that'd be fun. <laughs> That's another thing. Something I want to bring up. Les knows like a thousand people in New Orleans. Well, because my dad is from there. Okay. Oh, so I was that with was you my, in New Orleans so, once. So that was my college reunion. So. Oh, okay. So, a lot of so that's that. why there were like thousands of people. But my dad <laughs> is from New Orleans. And so I have. Like over half of my family lives there, so that's oh, okay. why when I I went a day early so I could visit with my relatives and get it out of the way. Yeah, I was with you in New Orleans once. Yes, you were. That Very was before time. I was in. So my dad's estranged from his family. So when I was in New Orleans with you, I hadn't come in contact with them yet. But now oh, I am. Then, yeah. We're doing the New Orleans Fringe Festival. And I'm going back to New Orleans in like a month. I'm going back for Thanksgiving. Hmm. But getting back to Nazis. Oh, anyway. Getting oh, back to Nazis. Can no. I ask, I know it's, it's <laughs> not ignorant, but it might be funny. I do actually wonder this. In Germany, when they have like a ruler, you know, like we have like those rulers with or like a milk carton and it has like all the presidents on it. Do they have like a little like a kid's ruler <laughs> with presidents and it's got Hitler on it? No, no. You can't pretend it didn't happen. No, but they but it's more of like when you when you talk because they people talk about it there, but they're very ashamed of it. Uh, here's the thing, though. You know, we're talking about this how 80, 80 years after it all ended. What? I don't know that in the moment right after Hitler was out that the entire country was on board with, yeah, get rid of that fucker. Mm-hmm. We're living through a similar time here. Right. Yeah, many years in the rearview mirror, they can all be like, oh, yeah, we, that's, a, that's a dark part of our history. But not everyone feels yeah. that way in the moment when it's happening. Uh-huh. But we... Okay, so I'm I'm showing my ignorance of world history, but so we've had... We've had presidents all these years, and the other different parties. Is Germany? I think like the head of their government isn't always consistent, right? It's not the same. But but also, 
Hitler it's not like took president. over. Right. He was a dictator. So that was, you know, it was he he took the he took the country over. Right. So what do they have today in Germany? Do they is there is there is there a Chancellor. president of Germany? Yep. Chancellor. Yes. Okay. You've heard of Angela Merkel? No. You've never heard of Angela Merkel? You watch SNL, Kate McKinnon would play her. Oh. It's spelled Angela, but it's pronounced Angela. No. Oh, maybe I have. That, that sounds kind of familiar. Oh my god. I and by speaking of Kate McKinnon. I know Kate McKinnon is. On my flight to New Orleans, I watched a stupid Kate McKinnon movie. It was pretty stupid, but I liked it. What was it? Bob and Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Oh or no, whatever. that's that's Kristen Wiig. Oh, Kristen. Oh wait, who you who Chris, did you say? I said Kate McKinnon. Oh, sorry, sorry, Kate. Oh, Barb and Star is great. It's really funny, but like yeah, I know I you're sober, but that's a movie that if if you smoke pot or do shrooms, you will be very happy during that movie. I could see. Well, I liked I liked Yo Yo, her little sidekick Yo Yo. Yeah. Oh no, I could totally see how if you were stoned, like if you were stoned. And Jamie Dornan is really funny in it. Jamie Dornan is really hot in it. Well, he's hot in everything. Do you know the well, movie? There's no world history questions. I do know what that movie is. I've never seen it, but it, it looks. I've heard it's funny. Yes, I know about Barb and Star. It's a world history thing. I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but hey, that's why you ask questions. I'm not afraid to ask and questions trick. that make me, make me look ridiculous. I Did like how we got from talking about like world history and Nazis to suddenly we're talking about Barb and Star go to Vista Star, And there's not like, hardly really a transition. It's like there were really you could hardly take a breath between. <laughs> it, Kate McKinnon was the glue. It led less to think about Kristen yes. Wiig. Kate McKinnon also Kate McKinnon also ran me over one time. I was walking through New York and it was her. And there was like a crew, like a, like a camera crew around her, like just this pack of people, like five people. And they were, if, if I had stood in the way, they would have, I would, they would have flattened me out like, like I was Wiley e. Coyote. <laughs> Man, I just get back on track after that. At some point I got to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so anyway, <laughs> um, 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 oh, they were like, who are you to Bob Newhart? And he's like, I'm a businessman. And then he was not he was Darryl, not messing Darryl. around, evil Bob Newhart. He, I'm an inn owner in, in Vermont. <laughs> right? Stephanie. You should wear more sweaters. Yeah. <laughs> but but the, but evil Bob Newhart was not messing around because he turned on the stove and he was gonna like burn them. You know what I found least believable about this this uh this scene? What? Is that Maddie Hayes, as rich as she was, would have an electric stovetop? Now, I didn't leave. I didn't live in the states at that time. So, was that? So was that not? Well, I I, I, I actually don't know. So, no, you you had them everywhere. I just know since moving to L.A. that it's considered a little bit better to have gas it's a better like it cooks more evenly apparently and so people Mm -hmm. with money tend to want a gas stove uh but maybe back then they that wasn't the selling point of the stove is it always an option the house might not be no it's not always an option depends on where you live 
I think so. But I loved I loved the scene because at one point Dave and Maddie actually fought back and she bit the guy and that's how she got the gun away from him. Mm-hmm. But then she just started randomly yeah. shooting the gun and that only had six shots and then it was done. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of dumb. I mean, it was it was good for for the uh, it was a good dramatic thing, but she was just like shooting randomly. Um. Oh, and this guy is like. So the whole reason the guy was looking for the watch, and so like after the shooting, the mini up, and he was gonna burn them. And Sybil, I like how Sybil Shepherd's southern accent came out when he was gonna burn her, and she's like, "No, no, I I gave the watch to the police. I did. I really did." Well, you can hear Bruce's, you can hear Bruce's New Jersey accent uh, here and there. Um, so yeah, so the guy was looking for the watch. She says that she gave it to the cops. So the guy believed them. And he's like, well, if you're lying, I'm going to be back. And then it turned out, I've switched the watches. So he had, he really did have the watch. David did. And you, you cut out a little bit watch. there. Yeah, da- yeah, David had the watch. Yeah. And so she, the Sybil Shepherd was like, oh, no, go ahead. Oh, no, he called her a fluffball, but she called him a sissy fighter. Yes. Yeah, this, there are things that are problematic all throughout this episode. <laughs> yes. A couple things. And she, oh, and she kept on, she kept on saying it, too. Mm-hmm. She said he didn't fight. He said he said he kind of punched with his wrist. He didn't put his whole self into it. And then she punches him in the face. Yeah. She said that's how you that's how you throw a punch. So so then they decide that it wasn't safe for them to go to her house. So they went to sleep in the in the detective's the detective's office. Mm-hmm. And so then, like, he ta- he gives her an office, because I guess both offices have couches in them, so he gives her an office, and then she's like, well, I'm surprised that you didn't try to take me back to your place. Mm. And then he's like, well, would you have gone? And so this was the beginning of the, the, the chemistry. The push and pull. Mm-hmm. So then... She's asking him if he has a plan to solve everything. And then she's, oh, oh, and then he, but then he starts playing the harmonica. He plays Blue Moon on the harmonica, which the harmonica turned out to be his thing. Yeah. Because when he later had an album, he played the harmonica. Well, in fact, because this, the the show premiered in the spring. It was a two-hour TV movie in the spring and then premiered as a series in the fall of that year. Uh So this aired in March, and then the next episode didn't air until, like, September October. And so in this episode, Al Jarreau doesn't do the theme song. It's just a harmonica. Right. Hmm. Um... And oh oh oh! So then we go to the pawn shop. Yeah, he they, they take the watch to the pawn shop, and the pawnbroker is like, "This watch is only worth three dollars." But then they, he opens the watch up, and the watch has like numbers in it. 
Yeah, there's numbers etched in the back. There's no like mechanical parts to the watch. And, and I like that. I like how like the 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 pawn owner was improvising gum chewing. <laughs> improvising gum chewing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you chew are. on his cheeks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I can give you like three bucks for this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that was like his character choice. <laughs> I was just chewing on my own cheeks, which does, does, does wonders for audio. Do, do you think the the boy from the Tortellis that he was actually like a really really competent actor, and he he made the choice of like I'm gonna make it look like I'm shitting my pants, right? And I'm gonna be you know, method and just do it. Never, because any random spotty picks of this episode, we're talking about them. <laughs> I was hoping there'd be some and little. Come on and, and defend yourself. Yeah, he's gonna defend himself. He's never gonna answer my email. He's gonna block yeah. me. So, so then David Maddie <laughs> defend himself the way he used to soil himself. He was four. Oh, we've talked so- about two full episodes. That needs to come on. <laughs> So, I want to do a, I want to do a spinoff podcast just talking about that kid. I'm starting to feel bad for this kid. <laughs> what was his name? Mark. His character name was named Mark. Little Mark. And yeah. I was present. I was present when someone said he should his parents. <laughs> you were present because you were the one that said it. You were the one that said it. You started this. Well, I'm starting to feel bad for this kid now. Yeah. Um. Oh, so so then the pawnbroker. So the old man. The, the old, the old He's German Nazi. man shows up. <laughs> All right, did you call the little boy a Nazi? <laughs> no, I said the old man is a Nazi. Oh, he, the old man's a Nazi. <laughs> Jeez, it's Jason. God. The boy yeah, may have been. Out, that could have been a character choice too. Because it, because it, it turns oh, out that the whole not. thing about this watch is that no. these Nazis, they. Like there's gonna be a legit legitimate lawsuit going on. We can get that that the woman who's representing herself to represent us. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry, I'll be so, quiet. So it turned it turned out that this whole thing was because of Nazis and diamonds. Yeah. Oh, because oh. they found this out. So so basically Oh, so they go to the pawn shop, the old man stabs the pawn broker, and these old ladies come in that wanted to buy a brooch. Yeah. They go, Jonathan, the guy who was killed in the beginning, they go, they go to see his widow who lives in this awful looking apartment complex. Mm-hmm. And she's drinking, she's drinking cocktails and she tells Dave and Maddie a story about how her father-in-law said that he stole diamonds from the Nazis. Yeah, $4 million worth of diamonds, which would be uh, $4 million in 1985 today would be $11,441,976. Oh, wow. And so she said that her husband always wore two watches. And so, hence the two watches that Jason that you noticed at the beginning of the show. Of the show. I thought he was just like a precursor to Flavor Flav. Right. So, so then um, Dave and Maddie get back in the car after talking to this woman. Oh, oh, so then the woman also said that someone called her husband and offered him 
$5,000 for the watch. Which today, $5,000 would be the equivalent of $14,302.46. So Dave and Maddie get back in the car, and Dave looks in the rearview mirror and notices that evil Bob Newhart is dead in the back seat. And, and so he's like, don't look. And so then after this, Maddie's like, I'm sick of this shit. I'm going to the Bel Air Hotel and sleep. I'm sleeping there. And then she asks Dave, did you really think I was cold? And then she tells him that she actually did have fun with him. So, so... So then all so that so that even though we thought that the office had packed up and moved out, the next day the office is in full swing. Yeah. Bustling. And And they're painting a sign on the door that says Blue Moon Detective Agency. Yeah. And, And and but so I guess when the season started they made it a probably made it a change and instead of having it be like a full office, just had it be a small operation. Yeah, that's true. This was a much bigger space than than the show became, which made more sense because they were supposed to be scrappy. Yeah. And so Mr. Pesto answers the phone and then Maddie comes walking in and yells at David. And then all of a sudden they are at the building that's at the, that's near the Wilter. Wait, that is that near the Wilter? It's on Wilshire and Western, right? Oh, uh, that's not. Uh, yeah, that is near the Wiltern then. If it's Wiltern and Western, yeah. Also, yeah. He also figured out that the numbers were longitude and latitude. Right, but that, I and don't so, think that uh, that building's near the Wiltern. I think that building's downtown. Is it? Yeah, you can you, okay. if you if you go to Perch, that restaurant there, where you can like be on the roof. It's like right by there. So, um. So they they realize it's a clock, and they go climbing up the clock, and she liter- Maddie literally climbs up the clock, and she's like on the number. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. She's hanging off of the 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 hour arm. Yeah, and then something happens, and she kicks this glass, and a bag of diamonds falls out, mm-hmm. and then she ends up on a ladder and she's hanging on this ladder and she's like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then Dave helps her. And then they turn in the diamonds, right? Well, Dave helps her. Then grandpa shows up. The Nazi guy. Right. And so the Nazi guy almost gets the diamonds. Maddie throws them to David. Who's now back out on the ladder. So then grandpa climbs on the ladder then the ladder kind of like falls, but still somehow they don't plummet to their death just yet. The grandpa, uh, then grandpa eventually falls. The diamonds fall too. Yeah, because they it rips. Yeah. He's like holding mm-hmm. onto it, it rips. You see the diamonds like smacking him in the face. Right. But then Dave saves Maddie. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, hey, let's have a TV series. <laughs> famously breaking the fourth wall like the show was known to do let's have a tv series they didn't break the fourth wall yet 
Well, actually, they were they they didn't break the fourth wall, but they were knocking at the door with the way they ended the episode. Yeah. Okay. I, like if they had the end on it, it would have had the end with a question mark. Well, he calls the he calls all the reporters and all that, just like he called Mary Hart earlier. Yeah. Right. How does he have her number? I know, right? And that's how Moonlighting was born. Moonlight. I actually really enjoyed this. I did. I had watched it. I told you guys before. I had watched this mm, a couple years ago, but I I did revisit this. It was up on YouTube. I enjoyed parts of this, but overall, I, I was a little bored. I mean, it just doesn't move the pace that stuff does today. I thought that yeah. that some of the the way it was cut together was sort of jarring at times, uh, and I I just hated how wildly sexist it was. I didn't even really get it back in the day, but now I'm like, right. wow! Like this is Sybil Shepherd's show. Bruce Willis is new here, and they still have him like insulting her left and right. She can't do anything for herself. He has to do everything. And I just thought that was really gross. And they could have done She was no that. Charlie's Angels. Like, she didn't have to be Charlie's Angels, but they could have but made it. she does all the it. climbing. She do- That's, like, the only time. And it's never really acknowledged that she was the one being braver there. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, it just made her look completely hapless without him. Uh-huh. Hmm. Well. Yeah, that's why she was mad. But the, well, the, the chemistry the between them is, like, it's undeniable. He's oh, yeah, so, He's such a, a star from moment one. And I was like, damn, he was sexy back then. Yeah. Well, I still thought before, I still thought as an older man he was sexy. But I, back then I was like, I mean, looking at that, I was like, damn. Yeah. Okay. I get it. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I love the show when I was when I was a kid. I loved uh, David Addison. Yeah. But then it also, like, made me a little sad just to think, like, now, because since he's suffering with dementia, it was kind of just sad, you know, like, fuck dementia. Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, it it is sad, but it's also, it's happy to think that he had so many great performances that showed so many colors of him. Uh, that that we still uh-huh. have that to look back on. Oh yeah, and to remember oh, yeah. him by. Yeah, and he a, is still with a, us. Yeah. Let's let's be clear. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. There's know. a sadness to it in a way because it's like it's a bygone, bygone era, I guess. Uh huh. You know, in uh. Certainly, you know, because it was a show that I liked a lot. I haven't watched any more episodes. I would love someday to watch the Whoopi Goldberg one. I remember really, really liking that one. Yeah. I don't remember the plot. I remember watching it. I, I don't remember anything about it other than that she was And I it. think she it was one of these situations, like, she went on because, like, she and Bruce Willis were friends. And then that was, like, when Whoopi Goldberg was first becoming Whoopi Goldberg. Had they done a movie together or something? Yeah. Did they? I don't. I know they were friends. No. And like this was like at peak Whoopi Goldberg. 
I wonder, did, I did they do a movie? I don't, I don't think so. Unless she was like in the oh. player. Oh, yeah, they, was, they, in the in the player, which was after this, after Moonlighting. Yeah, that was the only one. Was yeah. she in the player? Yeah. Oh, she was in the player. Yeah. That's right. She was the police. Uh, she was one of, the, one of the police, yeah. But yeah, I think, yeah, I think at the time they were just friends. They didn't share a scene in the player. That was a cool movie. That movie would become. <laughs> I still like Whoopi. No, I do too. I do too. Yeah. I like Whoopi because Whoopi does not give a fuck. She does not care. No. She'll say, she says whatever she feels like saying. If I ever met Whoopi, I would, I would tell her, I'd say, I don't care how many people have told you this, but ghost like her performance in ghost is so great she's probably heard it a thousand times i say oh my god like i watch i watch her scenes on on uh, youtube sometimes i don't think anybody gets sick of being told how great they were i don't yeah <laughs> and she probably like offer you an edible or something hmm. anyway <laughs> i guess that's it yeah. Yeah, we've covered a lot. I know. I know. It's been a full, <laughs> it's been a well-rounded episode. It really has. We've had world history and... New um, heart. Yeah. Just runs the gamut. Right? But <laughs> if, if you want to find me, you can find me on my website, LesKirkendallBarrett.com. Jason. Oda Mae Brown, if you want to find all of us, we are on uh, at a life at Lifetime of Hallmark Podcast on Instagram, Threads, and uh, Facebook. Uh, please rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to us. Give us five stars. It helps other people find the show. And you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Threads at Big Shot Jason. Kurt. Oh, I can't wait to see the description of this show. And there was a description of another <laughs> show saying that I went, I went to a gay bar and I went to a gay restaurant. <laughs> How dare you? Did they serve what? alcohol? Like, did they have a liquor license? Did they have mimosas? Did they? Yeah, they Kurt, you, it was a gay brunch. You know they had mimosas. Yeah. Well, I don't have anything to prove. That's fine either way. I don't. It's, it's fine. I'm an ally. Um, oh, I don't have anything to promote. <laughs> Where can people find you, Kurt? Oh, uh, you know, here. Kurt Fitzpatrick.com. <laughs> <laughs> you, could, you could look at that. Also, Kurt doesn't want to be bothered with your nonsense on social media. Well, I'm not really on it that much. And I don't, am I ever going to get into it? Am I ever going to get into it? I got to start a TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> oh listen if you're if you're gonna be in new york on november 9th i will be doing a one night only performance of my show the real black swan confessions of america's first black drag queen as part of the gotham storytelling festival uh and if you want more information you could go to frigidfest.org oh if all goes well, I'll be in the Rogue Festival in Fresno in March. I thought you were in. I am in. I said I'm in it, yeah. 
Well, if all goes well, and if all goes well leading up to it, yeah, I'll be, I'll be there. And yeah, I, I guess that's, that's it. it. Yeah, that is it. So yeah, I'm, I'm starving, so I'm going to go eat. So I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. 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 <laughs>